Well, leaders, welcome back to the Call to Lead Leadership Podcast. Today we have Brent Cockrum here with us, and Brent hails from South Carolina, right? Originally North Carolina, yeah. Oh, man. North but I lived I've in South Carolina before. for a while, yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. I went to Clemson in South Carolina, so... Uh, that's, that's that's what sticks I, in my I mind. I spent a lot of time there, yeah. Okay, well, crisis averted. That's all good. North Carolina. Uh, Brent is currently the executive vice president in commercial banking at Moody Bank. Uh, he also has is serving as a volunteer firefighter. He has served as an officer in the United States Marine Corps, and he is also an elder at a local church here in Houston Bay Area Church in the League mm-hmm. City area. So, Brent, quite a quite a repertoire. You've you've gotten to do quite a number of things. Um, I'm really curious, right? Volunteer firefighter. I don't think I've actually talk to very many volunteer firefighters and it's a really cool gig. Uh, you got any cool stories you want to share with our leaders about your experience in, in the volunteer firefighter world? Yeah, that, that one kind of happened by accident. I was uh, 16 years old and as a buddy of mine, uh, we were alphabetically very close. And so, uh, uh, in, in, in my school, uh, that meant that your locker was always right next to one another and in homeroom, <laughs> right. you always sat together. So, you know, you could choose to get along or not. So we chose to, and uh, he said, uh, you know, what, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, well, it's Monday night, you know, football and wrestling are over. So I, I don't know nothing. What, what, do you got, what do you got going on? He said, well, I'm going to go down and join the fire department. And I said, I slammed my locker. And I looked at him. I said, they'll let us join the fire department? <laughs> they not know we're a bunch of knuckleheads? You know, and he's like, apparently not. So we went down there and I was 16 years old. I was like 1992 and outside of taking some time off of that during, when I was in the uh, Marine Corps. I, uh, I've been doing it ever since. So it's wow. kind of cool. Uh, I've, now I, I'm kind of one of the old, older guys that still participates. And um, now it's a really neat ex- opportunity and experience for me to kind of give back to those younger guys that I used to be a really long time ago and kind of keep paying it forward. The guy that actually trained me um, was my primary captain when I was uh, a young uh, guy in the fire department. Just retired after many, many years of service. Wow! And uh, so I kind of feel like I owe it to him to keep training those guys who are coming in, coming after yeah. us, and I love it. It's fun. Sixteen-year-old knuckleheads coming in. You, you get to yeah, sixteen, lean into them. Huh? Yeah, sixteen, sixteen, eighteen. Yeah. Wow! I'm not sure how I feel about. Now I got to be real careful about fires in my house, man. Having sixteen-year-olds come and put it out. Yeah, sixteen-year-olds usually don't run into burning buildings. You usually had to be eighteen to do that, but okay. that's when you can start your training and start learning about that kind of thing. And um, but even eighteen is still very young to be doing what they do. But it's a young man's game. That's true. That's true. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I could pull that off, Brian. I mean, yeah. I, I get a lot of props to you for continuing. Continuing to do that, volunteer firefighter. Well, you got to be a little crazy to run into a building that everybody else is running out of and using common sense. So. Well, there's a lot of courage involved in there too, man. A lot of courage. Um, there's a there's a sign that's been in several different fire stations that I've been to. It says, God takes care of fools and firefighters because most days he can't tell the difference. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I resemble that remark. <laughs> Love it, Brent. Hey, how many uh, fire extinguishers do you have in your house? <laughs> uh three okay wow i have that's, three that's quite a so i only had two but then when we came foster parents uh they came in i had a state inspection they were like you need to get one more and i was like oh, okay i can probably 
find one somewhere. Well, that's that's why I asked because <laughs> I, I'm a foster parent as well, and yeah. and you have to do the whole house inspection. Yeah. And apparently, the initial fire extinguishers I got were wrong, and so Uh-oh. we had to go get the right fire extinguishers. And they got to be bigger than you. Would they got to be bigger, yeah. right? Yeah. And they got to be like certified, and you got to take them every year to have them looked over. And absolutely. So I was curious as a as a like true firefighter, how yeah. many do you have in your home? You, I have three. You one up me, man. We yeah. got two. We only got two. So I have three in the house, and I keep one in the truck all the time. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. they're helpful. They are. So, they yeah. are awesome, Brent. Cool. Well, here at the uh, Call to Lead Leadership Podcast, we talk a lot about calling. We talk a lot about leadership, and uh, we have a really great opportunity to do both with you, Brent. Um, because uh, calling is a really big part of your life, just having mm-hmm. spoken to you and having known you for, for a bit. Uh, and, and you exemplify leadership in, in a lot of different domains, like we just kind of talked about, right? You, mm-hmm. you've, you have gotten to step into leadership across a variety of, of domains and, and spaces. Um, you know, calling, as a believer, uh, we see calling carried out in two primary ways in the scripture. Uh, and, and it has to do with the commissions that God has given to humanity. And the first of those commissions is in Genesis chapter 1, and it is the commission to work. Mm-hmm. So after God created humanity in his image, he said, tend the garden, fill the earth and subdue it, and uh, rule, rule and subdue, right? Mm-hmm. Tend the garden, fill the earth, and rule and subdue. And we can get into a lot of the nitty gritty of that, but really what that means is the commission to work and to continue the creative process that he started with creation. And in doing that, we ultimately bear his image and proclaim his name and give him glory. Right? And I, I think man, maybe our, some of our leaders out there might not see their work as a way to bear God's image, to continue his creative process that he started with creation and as a way to glorify God. But I know you do. I know you definitely see your job in that sense. And, and so I, I'd like for you to take our leaders through the journey of how you got to where you are today and how you feel that you are carrying out your calling to work. Yeah, well, you know, I've always been inspired to leadership. I've always been um, excited by the opportunity to lead, um, but I haven't always done it well. Um, haven't always, and not from a just a general leadership standpoint, but just from a um, more more so from a, a spiritual leadership or living one life um, and and making sure that um, every part of my life and every part of who I am is um, effectively woven into uh, my day and what I do. Um, you know, th- there were times when I didn't lead well, um, and there were t- there have been times in my life with that, that uh, frankly, if I were being honest, I, I wish I could get a do-over um, uh, to, go, to go and do that. So, but I've tried to learn from those, um, uh, from those uh, experiences and try not to repeat them. And try to lead for the right reasons, right? Am I doing it because because I want my name in lights or am I doing it because I believe in the mission, I believe in the calling, I believe in the people that I'm working with and I want to see them do well? Or am I doing it for, you know, like I said, for personal, just personal gain reasons, which is, it's not, it's not a, it's not a very inspiring speech. And you're just like, uh, why do you do this? Uh, I want to make myself look good. You know, that's, 
that's not inspiring people to follow. Yeah. Yeah. So Brent, you're the executive vice president in commercial banking, mm-hmm. right? And Moody Bank is mm-hmm. a local bank here in, in the Galveston, Houston area. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like you are carrying out your calling, right? To, to work as a, as a commercial banker. Right? Yeah. So, um, let me back up. I, I've, I've had, um, a, a lot of, when I first got out of college and I'd been a volunteer firefighter and I'd worked part-time job at Chick-fil-A and that sort of thing, uh, I joined the Marines and, you know, getting up every day as a Marine, you really don't have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Or what's the higher purpose in me doing this? You don't have to do that. As a firefighter, you don't have to ask yourself that question. You're reminded every day somebody uh, reaches out during uh, one of the worst moments of their life and they need your help and, and you come there and, uh, maybe showing up is half of it, but then when you show up and try to make it a little better, uh, maybe not solve it, but you, you try to make it a little better. You really don't have to ask yourself, you know, what's my higher calling? Why, why am I doing this? What's the purpose besides earning a paycheck? Hmm. Um, and then after that, I, I actually went to work for Circuit City uh, uh, when I when I left the Marines. I'd finished my MBA and um, went to work for Circuit City, and basically I, I took that position. I prayed about it. But honestly, I took the position because they were going to pay me a lot of money and give me an opportunity to uh, to use my business degree and that sort of thing. And um, it was a it was a good organization, but uh, but Brent was doing it for the wrong reasons. And so, after a couple of years of that, I realized, you know, I'm working my tail off and I'm doing it just for the sole purpose of of uh, of m- making Brent more money. And that wasn't super inspiring for me, and I'm sure I wasn't super inspiring for others. We were being successful monetarily the financials look great uh at, at our store and in our district we were doing well um but i knew that wasn't the way I, I wanted to live my life for the next 30 years and so um through a buddy of mine who was in a small group that i was in um we were watching monday night football together and he brought his brother with him that night and we got to talking and he said what do you do and i said well uh i said i'm in you know retail management and project management uh, with Circuit City, I said, but I don't really care for it. And he said, what What do you do that you like? And I said, well, you know, a lot of the folks who were in my position uh, were, were really good sales people, and they worked their way up through the chain that way. I came in because I had a, um, a Marine officer background and, and a, a finance degree, and, and they wanted a little bit different of, of a leader to, to, to mix those skills together. Um, so one of the things that I was – offered the opportunity to do was go to other people's stores and pull up their financials and offer them ways where they might run their business more efficiently, more effectively, more profitably. And I really enjoyed that because then it really wasn't helping me at all. And I figured out after the fact it was because I was going in and helping them and helping them be more successful. And I got a lot of personal satisfaction about that, even though my paycheck wasn't even bigger if they did, if they did well. And I didn't know that at the time. And he said, well, so you basically go into other people's businesses and you analyze how they're running their business and uh, and then you offer suggestions on how they can do it more uh, more profitably. I said, yeah. And he said, well, that's what I do every day. He said, if that's the part you like, you should do what I do. I said, what do you do? He said, I'm a commercial banker. And that was uh, January of, of 2005. And by March, I had a, a job offer in my hand from uh, what was called BB&T at that time, now Truist. Um, and in April I started, I started with them. So, uh, and that was, uh, 17 years ago. So, and I've been, I've been in the banking industry ever since. <laughs> wow, yeah. Brent. 
Man, you know, what I love about that story is that uh, you aligned your passions with the commission to work, right? Mm -hmm. So so you align that passion and desire uh, and skill set that you have in the financial sector. And then you paired it with uh, this calling to continue to be creative, Mm -hmm. right? This calling of taking care of the creation and that includes fellow human mm-hmm. beings that mm-hmm. are also made in the image of God. And so you are then equipping them to be leaders in their domains, right? By providing them the right financial structure that they need in order to be successful. Uh, and so you, you've kind of combined both calling, right? You're, you're carrying out your, your calling, but then you're also being a leader in that you are equipping others to be excellent leaders mm-hmm. in the workplace, right? A major part of leadership is, developing other leaders to go off and and do what they're well gifted at and that's what i love about your story and about your journey right you know you i also had no idea you worked in chick-fil-a man we just we just keep adding to that resume (laughs) um i mean that's that's that is that's awesome brent um you know I, i again that that that's the kind of financial domain and and i i really love how you dig into that realm uh, and, and seek to portray Christ well in the work that you do. Um, but hey, maybe maybe talk us through one of these other domains, right? We've we've touched a little bit about your your firefighting uh, ventures, <laughs> if you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were an officer in the Marine Corps. You're an elder. What are maybe pick one of those? Um, you can even lean into your Chick Fil A experience and and tell us what you have learned specifically about leadership in uh, in one of those domains yeah one specific story that comes up when i didn't do well uh, because that's when i oftentimes learn the most at least uh it's 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 obvious to me what i need to learn it's more obvious to me what i need to learn when i fail um and when i was a young marine officer i had a great st- uh, staff nco master sergeant who who liked me and uh, uh, poured into me and and gave me a lot of really good advice. He was also a believer and uh, gave me a lot of really good advice. But one day he gave me some bad advice and I didn't know it. He didn't know it either um, because he wouldn't have intentionally led me astray. Um, But I respected him and and I listened to him. And uh, later on, uh, this was one area that, uh, that he and I didn't get right. Um, we had moved to a new town and I'd been assigned to a new unit and I showed up and uh, my my brand new wife and I were out looking for our very first church together and um, uh, growing up in church, I, 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 you know, with my parents, they always picked where we were going. So I'd never really done this before, except maybe, you know, college church, you know, where I would where I would attend while I was in school. And we started visiting different uh, churches and one day. Um, I show up on Sunday morning and I, I walk in and I see this master sergeant in there in the church and, uh, and, and he came up and he and his wife introduced themselves. Very, very nice, uh, couple and, and super great to let the wives meet and all that. Um, and then on Monday morning I was, I was walking in and I had to walk by his office to get to my office and it was pretty early and, was, and not a lot of people there and, and, uh, I heard him yell down the hall as I walked by his office. He's like, hey, sir, you got a minute? And uh, he called me in his office. I said, absolutely. And I walked in and uh, we shut, I shut the door and he says, uh, he says, hey, uh, I want to make sure I explain something to you. He said that, uh, um, he said that Tom, that was his first name. 
He said that Tom is a very different person than Master Sergeant, he says last oh, wow. night. Oh, interesting. He used, he used different names for himself in yeah. different places. because he had different titles, different roles. He's like, Tom's dad, loving husband, loving father, church on Sunday morning. He said, but Master Sergeant, he says last name, he goes, he has to be a different person to make sure he inspires the Marines to, you know, be able to follow that leadership uh, in, in, even in the worst situations. He said, you kind of understand where I'm going? And I was like, absolutely. I, I get that. And I walked back to the office and I was like, okay, so we need to be different people here to get the mission accomplished than we are everywhere else. And, and I took that to heart. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, so the way I uh, portrayed myself and the way I acted you know, typically Monday through Friday, you know, wars don't happen on Monday through Friday. But when I'm in the office uh, doing my regular job was different than I was on Sunday morning or on, you know, uh, in the evening time when I was home with my with my wife. And I listened to that for a long time. And eventually I realized I, I'm two different people and I'm living two different lives. And I'm pretty sure that that is not what I need to be doing. And. I need to be, you know, good at one and hopefully that'll make me better at the other without being contradictory. Um, so eventually, uh, I, you know, the Lord just um, kind of convicted me of that and mm. um, eventually came to the realization that, hey, who, whoever I am on, you know, Tuesday night at the fire station and Saturday night out with my friends and Sunday morning at church and Tuesday afternoon in a in a business meeting, I need to be the same person, and everybody needs to know who I am and what I stand for. I'm not perfect. I'm not gonna be, but I'm also not gonna walk around hoping that the people that I know in all those different circles never meet each other. Um, and I need to be one one person who's doing the best that he can to follow um, to follow the Lord well and to, and to to live one life and to and to do it well and. It took a while for me to figure that out, but I'm glad I eventually did. I hate I made the mistake, but I'm glad that mm. we figured that out. And, and don't get me wrong, he gave me a lot of great advice about being a good Marine, about being a good leader. Um, but then, so he he's not perfect either. Um, but so I'm not taking anything away from his influence on me, a positive influence on me. But in that one instance, uh, that's one where um, he and I both were deceived, mm. and uh, and that was unfortunate. So. That they're 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 Marines who could have learned more about um, being a Marine and a follower of Christ. That through me that they didn't uh, because I messed that up. So don't do that. And and I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I think what you said there at the end is what's at stake mm-hmm. for for Christ-centered leaders. Mm-hmm. If you're a Christ-centered leader and you're living two different lives, mm-hmm. you cannot bring Christ into one of those lives. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I want to make sure that our leaders get that, mm-hmm. right? And, and and I appreciate so much your honesty and, and your maturity and wisdom in being able to look back on your life mm-hmm. and say, I failed here. But you don't paint that master sergeant completely as a failure because you, you learned some great things from him, right? But you were able to pick out some things that, you know what, Hey, these things don't really align with being a Christ centered leader. Uh, and that's, what's at stake leaders, right? 
if you are living two, three different leadership style lives, Mm -hmm. that means you are not bringing Christ into one of those or multiple one of those. Right. Right. And, and, and we can't afford to do that as Christ centered leaders. So thank you, Brent, for, for (laughs) sharing that story. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, can't say that I've ever, uh, run into a master sergeant in, in the Marine Corps. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'd really be interesting to talk to one of them because they, they really are dripping with leadership and motivation, right? Is it mo- motivating is, is one of their key phrases. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, Hey, listen, uh, Brent, I kind of want to pivot towards uh, spiritual leadership. Um, what would you say to, uh, to our leaders out there uh, about w- what would you want to pass on to our leaders regarding spiritual leadership, whether that be as a lay leader in a church or ministry or as a father, uh, an adoptive father at that matter, or foster parent? You know, what what would you want to pass on given your experiences in, in those spiritual leadership domains? What would you want to pass on to our leaders? You know, I, I would just say that um, – no follower, whether it's a child or an employee or um, a protege or 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 any other role that you that you fill in the blank there, expects that leaders their leaders are going to be perfect. And um, there was there's a level of leadership humility that I never really understood until I became a parent, and 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 then I became a parent of older children who could point out when something that you're doing contradicts something that you're saying. And then, (laughs) and then this guy who's, you know, had all this formal leadership training and, you know, officer in Marine Corps and master's degree and, uh, you know, business leadership training and all these things got to go to a seven year old and go, okay, I was wrong. (laughs) And you pointed it out correctly and I'm sorry. Yeah. And I failed. And, um, you know, and that's something that we, that many of us are, you oh, know, yeah. not all uh, of us are CEOs of organizations and not all of us are heads of, uh, you know, some nonprofit organization or, or whatever, but many, many people are parents exactly. and, um, and we are leaders, uh, whether we realize that or not. And, um, you know, and very innocently, uh, they are going to notice and often point out if they're Cochrane kids anyway, um, when they see, uh, discrepancies in what we're reading in our Bibles and what we're saying out of our mouth and what we're doing. Um, and so, you know, it gives us a great opportunity to, to, um, to talk about, you know, repentance and, and learning from our mistakes and, um, trying to do better and follow better and lead, lead better and all, and all those things. So, um, I tend to learn a lot more from my failures than I do from my, uh, uh, from my victories. But, uh, Honestly, I've, I've learned as much uh, about leadership from being a parent who yeah. is trying to live uh, honestly and trying to um, trying to, you know, be that one person, whether anybody's looking or not, um, whether we're at home or whether we're, you know, on stage or whatever, whatever I'm doing. Uh, uh, and, and sometimes it means admitting defeat uh, temporarily, temporary defeat anyway, uh, admitting failure uh, to 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 uh, uh even a very small audience small people audience <laughs> and it's, it's it's hard it's humbling it is humbling it is humbling you know what else is humbling though is is their response yeah. 
they're they're gracious, mm-hmm. right? They're more gracious than you and I would be, <laughs> right? Somebody yeah. who, who who did the same exact thing to yeah. to to them, right? They're gracious yeah. and and they're quick to forgive, right? And that's taught me to be more gracious, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know what I see kind of recurring in your life is you take time to reflect mm-hmm. on your life and the mistakes that you've made. And that gives you the leeway to give yourself more grace. And just based on my observation, it then allows for you to then give grace to others. It, it does. And I think it's because part of that is because uh, the, the realization that I'm not perfect and everybody else already right. knows it. Right. Uh, I don't have to try to hide the fact that I'm not perfect. And so it gives me the opportunity to be just be genuine and to do the best that we can with the information that we have and the, the energy that we have and the training and, and all that, that we've been given. Um, and, and admit when we mess up and, yeah. and, and try to do learn from it and do better next time. It, it I, makes you a better leader. Absolutely. Overall, right. It makes you a better leader. Once you remove that pressure mm-hmm. of having to do it right yeah. all the time. And, and when I was younger and I wanted everyone to think that I always knew what I was doing, what I figured out later is they already knew. And I was just hiding that <laughs> about true. me from me. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and it came and oftentimes came across as cockiness because, you know, I was overcompensating for something that really didn't exist, but nobody really expected it to exist. So um, I think people respond better to genuineness than they do. I have all the answers, you know, kind of approach. It, that's exactly right. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think the difference between cockiness and confidence is the fact that uh, people see right through you, right? So mm-hmm. so a cocky person is one who people know that they really don't have it all together, but they're pretending to. Right. Whereas a confident person is someone that people trust. Right. And so they, at the end of the day, people still see through yeah. you, right? Like I think <laughs> leaders, you got to hear that. Right. People, especially those who you are leading, probably know you better than you think. Right. Uh, and so the way that you show genuineness is either an opportunity to build trust or destroy that trust. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, I think you've done a really good job learning that and communicating it to others. Uh, even in that spiritual domain, right in the family domain. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's important to remember, right. That families is a, you are a leader in your family as a parent. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you work to grow in that um, and learn from your mistakes. I mean, we make mistakes all the time as parents, right? Um, yeah. So, but I'm still learning too. You know, I I, st- I try to hang out with uh, men who are older than me and mm. uh, people who have been there and done that and made, you know, had more time to make more mistakes than I've made. I try to learn from them and, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. And I try to, try to seek out people that can, can pour into me too. So I have that opportunity here and I love that. Well, I was going to say, I, I feel like I just learned a ton from you, right, in these few minutes. Uh, and I really appreciate your your candidness and and just the time that you've spent uh, reflecting with us and, and letting us and walking us through your, your various journeys uh, in, in leadership and in, in calling. Uh, and so, Brent, my last question for you today is, who is your favorite leader and why? Yeah, so big picture, I would say uh, Truett Cathy. Um, one, one because I got my, my, my work, my paying taxes job, my first job uh, <laughs> at his organization at Chick Fil A. Um, but 
um, as I learned more about him, I learned that even when he was a huge success at the office, he still made time and used his time and resources to pour into some of the hardest group of people that we have um, in our churches. And that I can speak definitively is those uh, seventh and eighth grade boys. <laughs> and he, I did not think you were going to go there, but I you did, are so right. Cause I was one, I was one and I have one now. So um, I can tell you and what really was inspiring about that was, uh, was that he was a Sunday school teacher in, into his, I believe into his eighties. Wow. If, if, if memory serves me right um, for, for that age, that age boys, and if, when I found that out as an adult, I look back and I remember my Sunday school teacher from seventh and eighth grade, and I called the guy. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I just wanted to call and say thank you for uh, putting up with us yeah. when we thought we were cute and funny and tough and smart, and you know, and all these things. And we were probably none of those things, but you just stayed there and waited for us to stop being stupid and listen to what you had to tell us because it was absolutely important wow. for us to hear it." And Sunday after Sunday, he just showed up, even though we were probably super annoying. I know I was. <laughs> so, um, and so for the fact that Truett would be, you know, a leader of other successful business people at work, but not, he never, didn't look at himself as too important hmm. to, uh, to pour into the lives of, 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 of kids, um, boys who needed to hear what he had to share. So. Wow. So I, like I didn't that. know that about him. Yeah. I did not know that about him. And you know what? Uh, I should probably, you know, you, you were mentioning how, how impactful that seventh, eighth grade Sunday school teacher was. And as I reflect on my fifth and sixth grade teachers, it's a little bit different. The same, same idea, yeah. right? You're not yeah. that much different. Fifth, sixth grade versus sixth and seventh grade. Uh, I remember my Sunday school teacher, Mr. DePaula. And uh, hey, if you're listening, Mr. DePaula, <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you you very patiently put up with a lot. I still remember you and your name and what you've taught me. And I, I'm very thankful for the, the men and women who do the hard work uh, and pour into kids. Yeah. Um, such a pivotal role. And I had no idea that, that Truett Kathy uh, really, yeah. really invested in that. I mean, yeah, that shows a lot of humility and a leader again investing in in young people yep. uh, and not being too big to do that so yeah but when your uh Sunday school teacher is actually true at kathy or someone is successful <laughs> yeah. um the uh the uh, one of the favorite um sunday school uh get-togethers was he had a barn full of dirt bikes for him to go ride to so oh my i'm word. sure he had no problem attracting um, uh, uh, yeah people to come to his uh yeah to hear his lesson on sunday <laughs> <laughs> i believe it i believe it, it pretty solid man man well, Brent, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Uh, you know, leaders, we want to hear from you. What uh, what has stood out to you about uh, our interview here with with Brent Cockrum? You can uh, reach us at calledToleadpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's calledToleadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Brent, thanks again so much. Leaders, remember that God has given you influence to bear his image and make disciples. 